What's up, everybody? This is Brian from Positivity Unleashed Podcast, LLC, and you're listening to the Positivity Unleashed Podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Clark. What are we talking about today, Clark? Hey, everyone. We are talking about emotions. We all have them. (laughs) Brian, you want to tell us, like, what are emotions? Absolutely, man. So a quick definition of what emotions are. Emotions are a natural, instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationship with others. So Clark, I know you had a point that you wanted to talk about arriving from this definition. So I'll throw it back to you to kind of dive into that quick. Sure, so we all have bodies, we all have brains, and we all have this thing called the world that we live in, that we're part of. And the way that I kind of look at all this is that we have this internal state, this internal environment, like I was talking about, I think on the last episode music, we have this external environment, the big wide world out there. Then we have this crazy thing called a brain that controls our bodies. So the way that I think that I personally think about all this is that our internal state is driving our behavior. It's what is causing our bodies to move in some sort of way to interact really with the out, outer world. So when I think about emotions, I'm thinking about like, it's a state of how we feel, right? It's kind of like the state of mind, state of consciousness. But I think really the purpose of them is to interact with the world in a particular way. And maybe that's communicating, whether we'll get into what the emotions are, but communicating an emotion to other people, uh, for example. So... On that note, Brian, I want to kick us off with like maybe what some of these categories of emotions are, some of these things that we feel on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely, Clark. So there's definitely many different examples of what could be a positive emotion or what could be a negative emotion. So to give some examples so everyone's a little bit more aware if they're not already of what could be a positive emotion, this is things like happiness, love, amusement, or excitement, things like that, that, you know, when you think about these emotions or you hear those words, they, they might bring like a smile to your face, right? I know they do for me, right? So when you think about the opposite, when you think about negative emotions, this could be things potentially like anger, sadness, fear, loneliness. So there are definitely two different ends of spec a spectrum of emotions that, you know, some might go all the way to the end. Some might be somewhere kind of floating near the middle, but they, they have these different connotations that kind of go along with them when you think about them in your brain. And I know, Clark, you had some examples that you want to talk about with, with fear specifically. Yeah, I did want to get into fear because I think it, well, I, I, I understand kind of the mechanisms behind this, how this one works. And it's, it's not just, the mechanisms aren't just for fear, but also anxiety, anger. I mean, really what I'm talking about when I'm I'm dancing around is that fight or flight response that Mm. we have. And I think I spoke on our earlier episode about adrenaline, but I want to talk about it again today. So in biology, we have deemed these two systems. They're called the parasympathetic system and the sympathetic system. Now, despite the connotations behind the names, this is how it works. 
the parasympathetic system has to do with relaxation. The sympathetic nervous system has to do with what this fight or flight response. It really is the fight or flight response. You can think of it the same way. Now, the fight or flight response, we think about a chemical like adrenaline, right? And when adrenaline is released into the body, it's released into the bloodstream. And the thing about this is that both of these systems, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic, affect so many parts of your body. It affects your lungs, so your breathing, right? Like when, you're, when you have that fight or flight response, you're breathing pretty fast, right? Like when you're in a state of fear, maybe you have to do public speaking, like you're actually breathing really much faster than you think. Mm -hmm. The parasympathetic is going on, you're breathing really deep and slow. And this affects your heart rate. Your breathing rate is also affecting your heart rate. So when a little, I guess one little tip I'll add in there is like, you know, you've heard this many times when you're about to do some public speaking, they say, what do you do? Breathe, right? Breathe deeper because what you're trying to do is shift from the sympathetic system to the parasympathetic system. Now that's the internal state, the internal part of it. That's what your body's doing. But what about the, what about the, um, the external side of it. Where do we get fear from? Like what even is fear? The thing is fear and these chemicals that get released into the body and brain, it's a coding mechanism for danger, things that are dangerous that might harm our physical health or or, or our mental health. Going off of that, when there's something in our external environment, we'll just say it's a snake, right? Like snakes, uh, let's say that you know, what's interesting to me is you can be told that snakes are really scary or maybe see a video of a snake biting another person that will actually release the fight or flight response, which encodes to you to be afraid of snakes. And why is this important? Because something like public speaking, which isn't like, you know, public speaking is not the same as a snake. Like these people are not going to kill you, right? Mm -hmm. I think we were talking about this earlier. There's so many things in our external world that we have coded encoded through this fight or flight response um, that just aren't really that dangerous. You know, back back a million years ago, there were lots of things that could kill you. Today's society, it's just it's not a whole lot of stuff that can actually kill you. But we encode these things as fearful because we have this fight or flight response. Um, I mean, maybe also another thing is like anxiety about a deadline, right? We have this fight or flight response about a deadline. Like, oh my God, if I don't get this paper in or this thing for work, I'm going to die. Like that's basically what you're, you're, uh, you know, the fight or flight response is encoding for. So the point I'm trying to make is I think, uh, monks will tell you, um, the best way to work this out is through breathing is by, by the mechanism of breathing is directly linked to these two systems. So by slowing down your breath, you can shift from that sympathetic side to the parasympathetic side. That was my point about fear. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a great point, Clark. Something that I learned, I've never heard about those two different kind of spectrum sides of, of, of how the brain works for the fight or flight and the deep breathing. But I think to your point, probably the breathing is such an important matter because as you said, when, when you're in those difficult situations, your heart's going a million miles per hour, you're, you're breathing super fast, and mm-hmm. to, to regroup yourself and do that deep breathing can help bring you to that other state or that other side, yeah. as you said. Yeah. Actually, there's one last point I want to make about this. I'll try and make yeah. it quick. Is something called uh, U-stress. That's E-U, stress. And mm. the last thing I want to say is like, 
adrenaline does get released into our body, right? But there's this other thing called, well, it's not another thing, it's the same thing. Epinephrine is the same exact molecule, but it's when it's released into your brain. I don't know why biologists decided to make this distinction, but I actually think it's an important distinction to make because epinephrine, we need a certain baseline level of epinephrine in our brain to focus or get mm. work done. This is why like, we drink coffee because epinephrine gets released into our brain and can actually help us focus more on a task. So what you stress is, it's, a, it's like the good kind of stress. It's the stress that makes you uh, do your best work. It's, it's the stress that makes you want to like really go for it and achieve and it gets you amped up like, mm -hmm. like you know, the monster energy drink. So there's a good kind of stress too. But again, you know, the last thing is uh, too much stress over too much time, like constantly drinking tons of coffee every day or being, you know, watching scary movies all day. Like that's going to be really bad for you. Mm. That's another conversation. But yeah, want to want to pass it back to you. Maybe talk about the next topic. Sounds good, Clark. So next, what we're going to be talking about is the power of emotions. Emotions can be a very powerful tool uh, for one way or the other, whether it's using positive or negative emotions. Now, negative emotions tend to not serve us in the best way. Sometimes they can motivate us to do things we normally wouldn't do or have thoughts we normally don't. So Clark, I know you had some kind of thoughts around negative emotions. I'd love to hear what they are and, and you know, what's your thoughts on negative emotions? Yeah, I think I spoke about this maybe in the second or third episode, but... Um, mindfulness I'll go back to mindfulness because all of these like like I think I said this in the first or second episode like our brain our neurons are a voting system when we have this overlying chemical signal in our brain that's saying you know fear sadness anger or happiness um, joy you know all of the positive and emotions too um, it's sending a signal to your mind and you if you can be mindful of what these are you can get to a place where these things can serve you so what do i mean let's let's get to something more concrete let's say somebody calls me a name right and that puts me into a negative state i get really sad about that no called me ugly again <laughs> <You know? laughs> called me ugly again i get really sad about this i can decide what to do after that if I let that emotion take take over, especially for an extended period of time, for like days, mm -hmm. weeks, that can get me into a funk, right? That can get me mm -hmm. into a rut. And that's not serving me in a healthy way because if I'm always sad, um, you know, that's what depression is. It's, depression can be really hard because it can be hard for you to get work done. You have a lower sense of self-love like we spoke about the other day. And it can be very detrimental to your health and well-being. So what we can do is take that signal as a, hey, I'm sad, except ex I know you're going to get later into like some tips and tricks. Um, but, you know, accepting accepting that in the first place is a great first step and being like, you know what, we can we can do something about this. You know, um, we'll talk about maybe what those things are later. But the point is, is that we can we can really take these negative emotions as a signal especially for anger because anger can like really riles rile us up into a, a state where we might do something erratic that we might regret you know mm -hmm. so those are my thoughts there so i, I want to talk now about more of the positive side or the positive emotions and the power that they can have so first of all 
changing your state of mind and using these positive emotions can do different things for you. They can uplift you in times of struggle. They could bring better thoughts in your mind. And they could also even elevate you higher than you were during good times. So there's there's a lot of really amazing things that using positive emotions and changing your state of mind when maybe you are having those negative emotions like sadness or anger to help you through your day-to-day, through a certain situation, through a certain task, whatever it might be. So one thing I want everyone to think about is the happiest time of your life. Think about that moment or think about that situation or think about that memory that you have. You probably felt pretty unstoppable at that time, right? I know I did. And you were so happy that all of your worries and all your problems just didn't seem to matter anymore. And that is really such a powerful thing and really what the power of emotions can do. That that sadness, that anxiety, that fear, that worry, whatever you might be having, just doesn't seem to matter in that moment, doesn't seem to matter anymore. And by bringing that back into your mindset, by thinking about that person that you love, by thinking about those people that make you happy, by thinking about that thing you did that you achieved that makes you really happy, by thinking about that memory that was such a happy memory for you, it can help you change from those those negative emotions, that negative mindset into using those positive emotions and having a more positive mindset. Brian, real quick, yeah. I have a question. I have a question for you. Is this something you use like day to day? Is it, do you have like an example for me of like a time that you maybe set your mind in motion for these positive mm-hmm. things to like get you more motivated or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think with this specific example, thinking about this this happy memory that you have, you know, I would definitely use this when I I get into a, a state of mind where usually I'm I'm tired. And when you're tired, you know, your brain sometimes doesn't have the best responsiveness and sometimes doesn't always gravitate towards positive emotions. It could be a little bit more difficult. So trying to think about that happy memory that I have, a perfect example is my wedding. Like whenever I think about my wedding, whether it was the actual ceremony itself or the reception or even the honeymoon after, thinking about those um, those those memories and those times that we have can put me into a much better state and bring back a lot of those positive emotions I had from that specific time to use in this specific day that I'm having. So anytime you are feeling tired or feeling certain emotions or feeling sad or lonely, whatever it might be, just try to think back and use those memories to your advantage to bring you to a better state of mind. Romantic motivation. That's what I'm hearing. It's <laughs> a very romantic vibe. Absolutely. So, you know, one thing I do want everyone to remember is, you know, we are humans and humans make a lot of decisions based on emotions and then we'll rationalize later. Mm-hmm. So using these positive emotions and these positive memories can help you to make more positive decisions by being in a better state of mind, whether these decisions impact yourself or even the others or the people around you. It's super important to remember that it's not just you in this, it can affect others as well. So remembering to bring yourself to that positive sign using those positive emotions, it can even uplift others that you're in your life or others that are around you in that moment. And it's also, again, to understand that as humans, we at times can have emotional responses to certain situations. And 
sometimes they're positive and they're happy, right? If, if you're, you know, you just found out you got that promotion, you know, at your job or something, right? You might be very happy and you're talking to people around you and they're happy for you and it uplifts others. Or it could be the opposite. You know, you can, as you said, Clark, earlier, right? Maybe you get called a name and, and it brings the negative emotion, whether that's sadness or maybe even anger. And now your emotional response can can affect others or and can put you in a place where maybe you did something or said something you didn't mean. So it's important in those moments to take a step back and feel those emotions that are arising and really analyze them. And that's a perfect segue into our next topic that we're going to talk about, which is different tips and tricks to help you control your emotions. Before you get into that, there's one thing that you just made me think about right now is the social, the social side of it is like, it's an interesting concept, right? Because an emotion is something that's happening to just you specifically, whether you're <laughs> happy, angry, sad, but it's, but again, I think like I was saying, the internal external thing, like we have this external environment. It's not just objects, it's people, there's people in the room and your emotions. I mean, I, th I think this is where we kind of get the word vibe from. Like this guy's giving me good vibes. This guy's giving me bad vibes. Um, your emotions do have an effect on others. You know, if you can have that negative Nancy walk in the room and it just brings the vibe of everyone kind of down. You're like, okay, what's wrong? But if you have someone walk in with like, high energy, positive energy, it's like, and you don't have to be high energy. Like maybe that's just not who you are, right? And that's okay. But mm -hmm. like, I think, I think there is an important point to be made about bringing positive energy into a room. Because if you're coming in with a lot of negative energy, you're gonna bring the whole vibe down and it's, it's not a good way to connect with people. People don't want to feel those, those negative emotions, right? Um, mm -hmm. Negative emotions are, are negative, right? We're trying to get to a state where we can at least be like, I would say positive neutral. Like we don't have to be ecstatic all the time, but just like <laughs> bringing like a positive neutrality into every social environment you come across, I think that it will mm -hmm. pay dividends um, in your life. So just want to make a point there. So with that, Brian, take us off. What are some tips and tricks we can do to get to a state of positivity or um, use those negative emotions in a positive way? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Clark. Well, first of all, I want to say positive neutral. I like that. I think that's, <laughs> that's a, a cool way of putting it. Uh, like so, you said, it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. Yeah. It really is a spectrum. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. All right, so some tips and tr techniques or steps to controlling your emotions. So the first one is to be able to identify your emotions. So practice identifying the emotions you feel. You could do this in your day to day, whether you're by yourself or whether you're interacting with others around you. You know, when someone gives you a compliment, you know, what are the emotion or emotions that you feel? When someone says something maybe you disagree with, what are the emotion or the emotions that you feel? So use this technique kind of throughout your day. And again, this doesn't have to be just when you're dealing with someone. This could be, you know, you, you burnt your finger and, you know, this is the second time you did it this week. And you're like, why do I keep doing this? You know, what are those emotions that you're having, right? Um, so use that. Use that technique to, 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 to get better and better and almost like work that muscle in your brain of identifying your emotions to be able to analyze and identify them quicker as they come up in real time, maybe in search, certain situations where it can be, you know, maybe a little bit further on the spectrum, if you will. Now, secondly, 
practice accepting your emotions. So this is something that Clark, you were kind of hinting at earlier, and I, I want to get a little bit more into this. You know, as once again, we are human. We have these different emotions that can happen to us at any point, depending on the situation, depending on maybe someone that we're talking to or an action that happened, whatever it might be. So you might have negative emotions at times, you know, as being human and accepting that emotion can be very helpful. But after you've accepted that emotion, it's important to train your brain not to be responsive again, right? Because again, when, when you're in these situations where maybe you're feeling a negative emotion such as anger, if you respond to that negative emotion to, again, the situation or to the person or persons that you're, 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 you're communicating with, you might say or do things that you normally wouldn't do and it could result in a very negative, maybe confrontation or negative action taken. Um, so, or negative consequences, right? So identify the emotions and then practice accepting those emotions, but don't be responsive, right? Accept them and move forward. So that brings me to the third tip or step, if you will. Now that you've identified and accepted these emotions, now you can move to a place where you can reframe your brain to move away from those emotions or become more to a positive neutral state like Clark said, right? So this could be again something such as just taking a step back and after you've analyzed that emotion, reframe your brain by either thinking about a happy time or a happy memory or a happy moment that you had or someone that makes you happy or your favorite food as an example, right? That could even maybe change your, your mindset a little bit. So take that step back, make sure you identify that emotion, but then make sure you also don't be responsive and try to change your brain to a more positive, neutral state so that when you do respond to the situation or to the person, whatever it might be, you're doing it most more so from a rational point of view or rational standpoint that could help you make a better decision in that moment. So I want to throw it to you, Clark, after talking about these three different tips and steps. Um, I know there was definitely another point that you want to talk about. And also, if you want to add on to any of yeah, this. Yeah, so I have something to add. And I also have that point uh, we were talking about earlier. So the first thing I want to talk about, actually, surprisingly, is alcohol. Um, what Brian's talking about right now is something called inhibition. So our brain works with a lot of, it's called, you can look this up, it's called the go, no-go pathway. And our brains are constantly make decisions on whether to do something or whether to not do something. And alcohol is a disinhibitor. So it suppresses our inhibitions, right? This is why mm. we get increased confidence when we drink alcohol because like we're just more likely to do stuff, we're more likely to go for it, you know? And so there's the positive side of that, which is increased confidence, and there's a negative side of that, which is let's say that you're, you know, you've had a few beers to drink, somebody walks up to you and slaps you in the face, okay? <laughs> for, you know, and then calls you an idiot. Um, what that does is if you were, if that happened to you in a sober state, you might take a moment to inhibit, you know, what Brian's talking about, reflect to inhibit your behavior. It'd be like, wow, I'm really pissed off and it might set you off, but you have just a little bit of time to inhibit punching this guy in the face, okay? <laughs> like you have that second to be like, wait a minute, if I punch this guy in the face, I might have serious consequences mm. to my actions. When you're under the influence of alcohol, 
you are disinhibiting those neural processes because you're just like, go, 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 right? So mm. you're way more likely to punch that guy in the face after that happens. Now, I'm not telling anyone to quit drinking. What I'm saying is that I would say, again, mindfulness. When you are drinking, I would say know that you have this um, disinhibitory piece to, to alcohol. So you're more apt to be reactive and succumb to maybe bad behaviors, right? So that was point number one. Um, point number two is uh, kind of what in, something that inspired me to think about doing an episode on emotions is there's an app that I downloaded um, a long time ago and I was kind of using it, but the, the user design wasn't that good at first. Um, but recently they updated it. And so this app was designed by, I think, psychology researchers uh, on emotion at Yale University. Um, and basically what the app is, I've been using it a lot more now. I think it's great. Um, no affiliation with Yale University. I mean, again, not yet, maybe one day, but um, <laughs> what the app is, is called How We Feel, How We Feel. And what it does is it has this, it's like a grid of emotions and they've segmented it into four quadrants. And like Brian and I have been talking about this whole time, there's is a spectrum to it and so there's we'll say the y-axis x-axis right okay so <laughs> one axis of it is positive and negative that's valence so are you on a positive emotion or a negative emotion and then in the middle are more neutral emotions and then the other axis is actually energy and i find this kind of interesting too is like are you in are you highly energized? Are you in a state of arousal? Like, I think the I think the most positive, high energy emotion you can have is ecstatic, right? And then on the other flip side is like low energy. You know, that would be more like um, tired, fatigued, kind of in that that quadrant. So like low mm. energy and low energy doesn't necessarily need to be like negative. It could also just be like you're burnt out, like you're tired, right? Um, so the point of them for making this app, and I think. Brian hit on this point is labeling your emotions. And so I, so I have it set right now to give me notifications three times a day just to check in. How do I feel? Um, I just moved recently, so I've been feeling really tired and burnt out. But <laughs> I'm sure that uh, after this podcast, I'll log it again and say, you know what, I'm feeling pretty happy. Um, but the point is giving words to our emotions because by labeling this, we're able to be more mindful of it. We're able to say, hey, this is something I can do about this emotion. And um, that's really powerful. The app also gives you videos and tips and tricks as well um, on how to mm. get to a better emotions as well. So go check out, go check that out, um, Brian. I'm, on that note, I'm definitely gonna check out that. App. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really cool, man. I know we were talking about a little bit earlier, but the more you've talked about, it, I'm like, this sounds really, really cool, and yeah. I can see how it could be super useful to learning to identify not only maybe your your emotions, but also why you're feeling the way you're feeling or where you're at. And it's cool that it's a scale like that, you know, yeah. like that spectrum we talked about. So yeah. they did a good job. Very definitely. cool. Very cool. Go so play, definitely. Go, yeah. I would also say go play around with it. Like, like go look at what each definition is. Cause you'll be like, wait a minute. I didn't realize that, that for me, that happens all the time. I'm like, I didn't even realize that was a thing and it's in the <laughs> positive high energy. So yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool, man. Definitely will check it out. Um, so some concluding thoughts here, just putting it all together, everyone. Remember that it's okay to feel the emotions that you're feeling. You are human. But it's also very important to understand the power that your emotions have and the power that they have in the decisions that you make and the responses that you have. So remember, when you are having those negative emotions, take that step back. 
analyze it, identify the emotion, accept the emotion, and then try to move it to a more positive neutral state where then you can make a better decision or you can have a better response. And hey, listen, something else that I have done before that I want to give out to others to try to use is when you are dealing with a situation, maybe with a specific person or group of people, it's okay to tell them, hey, can I come back to you on that? And that is such a powerful thing because instead of you being responsive and just saying something right off the jump based on your emotions, you can take a step back, identify your own emotions, how you're feeling, and then also be able to rationalize the decision that you're making with the communication or the actions that you're going to have. So that is kind of all in all my concluding thoughts on this episode. I think there's a lot of powerful things here. Clark, I'll throw it to you for your final thoughts. No, I, you nailed it, and that's such a power move. I'm, I mean, I've I've used that. I think you know the other day is like, uh, what was the con- we we had the episode about uncomfortable conversations, and mm-hmm. you know I was I was riled up. I was in a very emotional state, but instead of calling this person up and um, expressing those emotions that would have led to bad things said or, or negative feelings between mm-hmm. each other, I decided. I labeled the emotion. I was like, I am angry. And I took a step back. I, I didn't, obviously the guy wasn't in the room for me to be like, Hey, let me get back to you on this. But still I waited. And I think, like I said about the inhibition thing, like it gives you time to process the emotion. Like we need to process the emotions. So mm-hmm. that is my concluding thought. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, Clark, awesome episode. You definitely taught me a lot. I hope you also learned a lot from this episode. I'm, I'm very excited to for our, our listeners to give a listen into this and to use some of this to their, their benefit in their day-to-day life. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support. We will catch you next Monday for the next episode. But until then, have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week. Keep on smiling. Keep on smiling, everybody.